<laughs> yeah, it'll be all day. Uh, all right. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Zach Young and joined by me is the Kaiju Commander and my Captain Comics, Tanner Base as always. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. I am. I hungry. <laughs> it's like the I it's it's just the Batman voice. <laughs> I was going for Galactus, but alright. <laughs> I was going for me. <laughs> Tanner on a we knew that part. Tuesday. Basically. Tanner gets hungry. Hungry Hippos, that's my nickname. (laughs) Not to be confused with CM. I can't feel my face. I'm upset. All of your face or only part of your face? (laughs) No. Mouth. Mouth? Just the mouth. Can you also not feel the outside? No, I... I can feel it here. I can feel that. Oh, okay. (laughs) And with us on this side and Techie on the other, this is Kaiju and Comics 2.0. Huh? Well, you see, we've been gone for a while, and I figure, you know, we need to boost those views. We need to, we need to rebrand a little bit. So uh, I got, I got nice little list here. It's got all the stuff you need to know on it. It's our new logo, and (laughs) everything new about it. So is this like a syllabus? I mean, yeah, it's got like all the, it's got our agenda, our meeting agenda, and stuff on it. You gave me an agenda. Yeah, Yeah. I was gonna say, is this gonna be a weekly thing? Yeah, probably. I mean, my God. Organization. I'm upset that Gang Green, Garen Green, is not on the attendees list. Is he here? He could be. He's not though. He's been here more than most other. If people. he was here today, he'd be on the list. That's that's fair. that's for this episode. <laughs> all right. Before we start today, I'd like to apologize to all the viewers. Right now, you will hear a little beep every once in a while. My um, fucking fire alarms. One of them is. not working right and we tried to replace the batteries and it's not working so i think we have to replace it anyway uh hopefully that will be fixed by the next episode yeah uh, sorry for the inconvenience my recommendations of just cutting the wires was falling on deaf ears yeah yeah because i think (laughs) the rest of them would go on while we're just yeah they won't make it in the day You can put tape over the little... The rest will just, like, actually do an alarm and freak out because the circuit's been cut. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, we can't hear it in the studio, so it's all okay. Anyway, there is only way too much news. Well, yeah. That's what happens when you miss three weeks. It happens. Yeah. It's it's no one's specific fault. Well, I, it's somebody's fault. I think, like, enough of us... I blame... I, that gets cut. <laughs> It's no one's specific fault. You could like claim you could you could kind of blame one person for like each week specifically, if you really wanted to. But it doesn't matter, because we're here, so it's fine. There were two big video game things that happened over the past few weeks with lots of stuff announced. Okay. So you want to talk about the Nintendo Direct or the PlayStation Showcase first? Which are you more excited to talk about? I am more excited about the PlayStation Showcase stuff. Okay, so we will talk about the PlayStation Showcase stuff. Okay. So, first, things that were oh, kind of... Things that were... Papers. <laughs> nice little list. That'll look more professional than me reading off my phone. So, we there were announcements that happened adjacent to the PlayStation Showcase, such as the devs of the Avengers game announced that there is 
that pending approval, there is still a lot more Avengers content coming in 2022. More heroes, more stuff. Pending approval. They we have to make sure they're not going to shut us down, but when we promise we have something. It's true. That's basically what it is. I can't lie. That's exactly how I it is. I shit on that game, but it's just funny. Yeah, it's, it's like, we like we put it into to Square Enix as long as the publisher wants to keep going with this game. We got stuff for 2022. We got more heroes. Awesome. Got a Guardians of the Galaxy story trailer. Story looks fun. This game might end up being really good. And mine's pre-ordered, so I'm ready for it. Now, uh, I didn't watch this, but you said you watched the Midnight Suns. Oh, I have so much to talk about. Okay, let's go. Is there nothing else we want to cover first? Because I'm going to go on for a grip. Well, after that is when we get into the stuff that was actually part of the showcase. <laughs> the, the Guardians trailer was part of the showcase, but it was also kind of released outside of it. The Midnight Suns trailer stuff was done. Yeah, the, on That was done on its own. Okay, so the Midnight Suns trailer, we got to see the Hunter and Wolverine fight Sabretooth. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, things they told us, Wolverine's not in the base roster. You unlock him through the game. And they said it's a decent way. It, I believe his words were, it's a decent way through the game until you unlock Wolverine. But then he he, he then kind of like backtracked on it and was like, well, it's not kind of that long because the game is really long. So it's really not that far in. It's maybe less than halfway. You still have a lot after you get him. So I don't, I don't know if that was... You're, he was worried that people would be upset that you don't have Wolverine for a, a long stretch of the story. Or if he genuinely was just like, well, it's not like it's a short amount of time. It is a very long game. I don't know if he was clarifying or if he was worried about backlash. It's, or neither. And he just misspoke and that's fine. Like, I don't care. But It sounds like a bit of both on it. Yeah, so it was... That was alright. Um... It, if I understood exactly what they said, and from what I watched, this is what I understand. Movement doesn't cost anything. You can just move. But after you do something, then your turn's over. Which I find very weird. Like, it's not locked to a grid. Like, everything is free-flowing. You can interact with the environment, which is like throwing, like, hidden garbage, like, dumpsters into people and jumping off of pallets and... And all kinds of stuff like that for, like, bonus damage. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I would much rather be locked to a grid or locked to a certain amount of... Because it it looked like you could just go wherever you wanted, however much you wanted to. And, like, when I say you can interact with the environment, that it, from what I saw, that didn't end your turn. So you could deal... And, like, this, these environmental things were, like doing a pretty good amount of damage, like was one hitting grunts, and then you could still do a move after that. I don't know if that's just dependent on, like, what difficulty you play on. I haven't seen a difficulty meter yet, but I would assume there would be one. It looked good. Like, everything looks good. It definitely wasn't completely polished, because they show they show us us fighting Sabretooth, and then they walk you around the grounds. You can go outside, and you can do stuff. And there's, like, secrets within the ground. You learning things. And that definitely doesn't look done. It's definitely yeah. the animation of her walking and how fast you move does not match up at all. Yeah. I mean, we got a few months. Yeah. But it definitely doesn't look finished. But they're confident enough in the content to show you it not finished, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. Because I don't need to see only what looks good. And it was the same thing with the Sabretooth thing. It didn't look great. 
but it worked, and they showed you it working. Nothing. There weren't any glitches during the showcase. Everything looked like it worked pretty well. They're showing that like some of the creative artistic elements aren't done, but all of the hard code, all of the stuff that makes the game work is here. Yeah. Here it is working. Um, they showed a, a cutscene to do why Sabretooth is in the Oh, your Marvel Ultimate Alliance splash screens are in. With the flavor text that you really like, the real fun thing. It was um it showed uh Sabretooth uh second best in the world at what uh, at what he uh, second best in the world of what he's good at and then Wolverine comes up and is like and he's the first best. I love like, that. It was stuff like that. And I, I saw that. I was like, exactly like that. I have to yeah, bring that, that up. Yeah, that was some of my favorite things from Ultimate yeah. Alliance where, like, it did, like, Dr. Octopus and it was, like, has superior skills or something. Like, <laughs> I love the little throwaway jokes. So, we got that. Um, they Nothing about characters. They obviously brought up, again, everything we already know. Um, I would love it if they didn't announce what the, who the I would, three characters were. That would be cool. I'd like that. I think that's it from because I watched this thing like two weeks ago, and I'm trying to remember exactly what what happened, and if there's anything else new. That the, yeah, because the only thing I'm concerned about was the movement and then the being able to use your environment. I don't want the game to be too easy. I don't want to fly through it. I want yeah, it to be you semi. Have a bit of I want it to be. I don't play XCOM because it's easy, obviously. So I feel that. I want it to be. I could be wrong on this, so I might have to take this back later. More than the hunter is customizable. Like there's different outfits and stuff for the regular heroes, also. Well, we, I, I would assume this. I was, I only thought the hunter was custom, but that could have just been me being stupid. Well, like, but they show in the announcement trailer at the very end, they show all of the heroes in like a Midnight Suns styled esque suit, and I, would I just figured that was going to be everybody's base suit. But then also after seeing yeah. Wolverine in classic Wolverine garb, I'm like, okay, so... Yeah, I was just kind of assuming... I was just worried that we were going to be limited to just customizing the Hunter. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think we're going to get full customization on the heroes, but I was expecting to at least get... Yeah, we definitely get, yeah we're definitely getting different suits. And everybody, I think everybody can equip their own things, so that's cool. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, the I could be wrong on this. The caretaker of the base that you stay at is the girl who plays Marvel in... Uh, Captain America, Captain America, uh, Captain America. Captain and Captain Marvel. Marvel. You know her, uh, the, uh, the woman who comes up as the supreme intelligence. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I don't know her name. Neither do I, but she, it, the character that plays the character, look looks exactly like her. This is really difficult to speak with this. <laughs> I keep like, you're fine. But um, yeah, it's uh, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be good. I just hope it's not too easy. That's my only problem. And if it's too easy, then I just play it once and I enjoy it and I wait for yeah. And it sounds DLC like DLC stories. Annette Benning. Yes, yeah. her. It looks really good. Even if so, it sounds like that the campaign is going to be long, which I appreciate as well. Yeah, and I think that's what he was. I think it was a combination of him being like, it takes you a bit until you get Wolverine, and then just clarifies where like it's not like you get a bit and then you end because there's a difference between saying like. Oh, you get Wolverine near the end of a ten-hour story. I was just like, but yeah. no, actually, the story is like because when he said it, long. I was kind of, I kind of got um, in brawl. You play through the emissary subspace, and you don't get Sonic until literally right before the final boss. And I don't want, I just was worried about a situation like that, and him saying that clarified yeah, that. So it sounds like what he said worked. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Anything else for Midnight Suns? 
for this go around. Buy it. I'm, I'm, I would say buy it. The more the more we buy these cool different games, even if we don't replay it and play it forever, like yeah, like your War Zones and Smites and League of Legends. If we just buy different things, they'll make different things. So yeah. Midnight Suns might be my most anticipated Marvel game. Yeah, like, at least it was. The- <laughs> Moving on to the showcase, <laughs> we finally got the announcement trailer for it. I've been I've been waiting on this for a while. Oh, the second Spider Man Two. It be coming, it's going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. But we didn't get that one right away in the showcase. First, we got a trailer. We got the Insomniac logo. And we were like, oh, it's Spider-Man. We got the Marvel logo. It's got to be Spider-Man. And then we saw we saw a bar. And it's like, ah, what? That's odd for Peter. What's he doing at, like, an old bar? And you see, like, this scruffy guy. You don't really see his face. And then someone in the background, he gets up. And he grabs... Grabs like a knife, pull, pulls it out, and he's like, "Come on!" It's like, "Oh, we're gonna see a bar fight," and the guy picks up his hand, and his claws pop out. <laughs> we're getting a Wolverine game from Insomniac. We don't have. That was all. It was just a reveal. This project is in development. Don't know when it's coming. Don't know. We know it's gonna be a PlayStation Five exclusive. Holy shit! <laughs> Yeah, um, there's not a ton to really say about it because we don't have much information on it. But still, holy, we know it's going to be in the same universe. That's like as X-Men, games. X-Men Origins Wolverine, the video game, bangs. It's a. I, have you ever played it? No. It's the best superhero game ever, without a doubt. It like, I'm an Ultimate Alliance fan, but that game it plays way too good. It it's f- phenomenal, and then it's Wolverine, so it's ridiculous what you get to do to these people. Because you're Wolverine. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure, uh, hopefully, it takes out after that, and this game is yeah. fun. This is one of those games that feels like out of left field when it really shouldn't be. Like, it is yeah. Wolverine. He's one of... We, we talk about whenever we do stuff with Marvel rosters. He's one of the big five yeah. that you always put in. And I think it's just because what we're used from seeing with X-Men and Fantastic Four stuff recently that we're getting... There's excitement for it. But more importantly, after that trailer played, we got the Spider-Man trailer to it, the Spider-Man yeah. 2 trailer as well, which I'm probably more hyped for just because of how much I loved the first game, Miles Morales. So anything left on the Wolverine game before we leave it? Yes. Okay. Snit. Okay. <laughs> is, that you, is it snit or is it like snit or like snick? Shing. No, because it does like that specific oh, thing that it says in the comics. <laughs> so <laughs> so I am very excited for Spider-Man 2 and I loved the trailer with so much I want to I want to meet your energy so bad. I just don't have a PlayStation 4 to play it or well, a PS5. Yeah, it's going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. We have till 20 I have till 2023 to procure one. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm just going to say fingers yeah, crossed. Maybe they can make some units. Yeah. Uh Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man PS4 game was very good. Miles Morales was very good. If not, just Miles Morales was a little bit shorter, but it was also cheaper. This game, it's going to have both Peter and Miles in it. I don't know if they're both playing. We only, we don't have a lot of info on this It'd be cool if it's co-op. I don't think it'll be co-op. Well, they're not going to, you can't just make the same game again. So, you had to do something different. Well, so we get. So just we're, go we're out of that era where you can do just the same thing over and over again. Is it bad that I kind of just want the same thing over and over again? Yeah. 
Like, I, I understand you should be doing something different, and I think they will do something different. Because, you, you know, they could get away with it, you know? Because, like, this is a weird franchise, I guess, to compare it to. But, like, God of War. God of War had so much backstory because of it, all of it yeah. being mythological and stuff like that. You have so much to pull from. I guess with comics, you also have so much to pull from. You could do the same thing again. But definitely playing two Spider-Man with each other. That sounds like too. That sounds like too good of a selling point. Yeah, like I don't. The only reason why I don't think it's going to be co-op is because is I coming to PS4. No, then I think it's going to be co-op. Because I don't think the PS4 would be able to handle it, but maybe that might. Well, because I just think. Because when I think about co-op, I think about having to have it be like local co-op, um, yeah. the same two things. I don't. Unless they do split screen, and I don't know how split screen would go for this game. There's just a lot of stuff that I don't know if they would do it, especially with both of the games being single player initially and never transitioning to it. It could be. I don't know. I I also think Peter's getting... I, Peter's getting taken over by the symbiote at some point in this game. There's no way he does it. Venom is in this game if you didn't know. Yeah, they that. teased Venom at the end of the last game, at the very, very... But it didn't sound like Venom to me. It sounded like Craven to me. Or, uh, or it's both of them. It sh- they showed Venom. Yeah, I know they showed But the Venom. voice is definitely crazy. Oh, so yeah, I heard I was like, that is not Eddie. Well, well they... they, they Venom has a voice clip in it as well at the very end. Yeah. But, yeah, that is a... They didn't reveal that it was Craven. It's... I don't know who else it would be. Because of the way he talks, he talks about his greatest challenge. It sounds like he's on the hunt. And he... Is very clearly talking about Peter and Miles. Where he's just like... Could you two give me my greatest challenge? And then we look down the dark alley and we hear, Yes, we will. And it shows Venom and it's like, oh, It's probably going to be Harry. It's going to be Venom. He might not be. But Harry? At the end of the... So throughout the last game... Okay, game stuff. All right, don't yeah, it's, I don't it's, say I don't care, but I got you. It's specific game lore stuff. Spoilers for the first Spider-Man game. You are led through... Because you mainly see the game through Peter's eyes. Sometimes you th- see it through MJ's. Sometimes you see it through Miles'. Harry is was best friends with MJ and Peter. He left for Europe. We learned through some other missions. Harry actually has this degenerative disease. He's probably dead. At the end of the game, we see Harry in a tank in Osborne's lab with what is clearly the symbiote over him. This is that was our tease for Venom for this game. Venom. So Venom is probably Harry in this game. It might not be. Something else might happen that changes it around. We don't really know. What if it's Marshall? Who? Marshall. QT Marshall? No, Marshall Mathers. Venom! Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm extremely hit. I want... I have, like, this little hope for this game that they might do, because they did it with the first one, in that (laughs) we have one other villain that's going to happen. Because that happened with the first game, all the marketing showing mainly Mr. Negative and then occasionally and you know, showing stuff for Rhino, Scorpion, and Vulture, and Electro. And then all of a sudden, oh shit, it's Doc Ock. That not being in any promotional material, but being the big end point of the game. Like, we could see Green Goblin because Norman Osborn is doing shit and he like, there's a bunch of Easter eggs of Green Goblin coming in the first game. So we could see Green Goblin too by the end of this game. That'd be cool. And like, because of how Insomniac has treated these... Hmm. Nah, they won't do it. They won't do that this time. 
But because of the way Insomniac has been with the past games, I almost have faith that they will. <laughs> Which is scary for me. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm extremely hyped for this game. Extremely excited. Other things we got at PlayStation Showcase, we got the God of War Ragnarok announcement. That's the only other thing that I really paid attention to from the PlayStation Showcase. I know there was a bunch of other oh, stuff. Oh, you just said that to me and I didn't comment. Yeah. Yeah, the game's going to be really good. Yeah, I love the internet. I love I love the part of the internet that I don't like. I love that they're going off about how Thor looks dumb. Yeah. Like he doesn't look like a fucking Viking god. I can't wait. The only thing that's a bit off with the Thor design is that he's like really, is that he's fat and depending on the North Smith you pick from, sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. Love the red hair. I love the beard. There is no... Love the hammer design. If y'all want to get goosebumps, I don't know, You, I would assume neither of you played God of War 20, uh, 2018. I played some of it. Oh, I... I Did you finish it? I watched the playthrough. Have you seen the secret ending? Of... The God of War. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to see something that since just gives you goosebumps, you watch the secret ending of God of War 2018. I've never been more hyped for a sequel for a game I never played. <laughs> you, mean, it, you mean his son? What do you mean? They go back to the house. They sleep and they wake up. And then... Okay. No. Haven't seen it. I need to watch that. You My need bad. to watch it. If... It bangs. <laughs> yeah, but we have a lot of stuff going. With it. I I didn't finish the the 2018 God of War. It's very good from what it's I played very, of it. So it's a very, it's a sequel worth being excited about. It also is called God of War Ragnarok, which you know how much cooler of a name can you get? Yeah, because in the last game, the um, I'm trying to, uh, the most like we don't even get to like the really cool Norse gods. Like yeah. we fight. Is his name Balder? No. I don't remember. Oh. Uh, he can't feel any pain. And he's Thor's brother. Look Thor's him up. Thor's got a Baldur? lot of brothers. Yeah. Baldur? Is it Baldur? Right? Wait, which one are you talking about? Sorry, he, I was he watching He doesn't feel any pain. Baldur. Yeah. That, so that's, we, that, I'm watching him fight him right now. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's the, that's the most like prominent yeah. guy we get to see. And like Magni, you fight. But like nobody really... Is like that dude, yeah. and this game I think is gonna be nuts because I think we're gonna get a lot of the big guys. Like, well, we know we're getting Thor and like Thor. I tear. I think we're gonna fight, bro. I can't wait, <laughs> bro. I'm hype. We're yeah, fighting you your... tear. Uh, yes, I believe. I believe Aww. we're gonna fight tear in the game. Well, last time, last thing, and we get Freya in the last game. Okay, and that's not brought up again because it, it's we kill. Balder in the first game, and f that's Freya's son, and she was trying to protect him, and shit like that. And the things that she does in that game, that boss fight's gonna be fucking nuts. <laughs> yep. There's enough depictions of Thor with the big belly that it's not that big of an issue on my end. Yeah. The Norse myths just kind of go with, like, he's well-fed. Take that in whatever way you want. Honestly, uh, yeah. But, you know, his hammer looks fucking cool, his armor looks epic, he's got the nice red hair and beard. He looks like a fucking Viking god, which, you know. He, he will be, be getting right. <laughs> Not to hate on MCU Thor, but that ain't no Viking god. It's a Swedish <laughs> supermodel. Hair. <laughs> uh, 
right, what are we what are we on next? Uh, so this is where we switch over to the Nintendo Direct. Nintendo, baby! Yep. Just the quick things I got. Splatoon 3. People get really excited about Splatoon, so there you go. Couldn't be me. Bayonetta 3. Still couldn't be me. We've known Bayonetta 3 was coming for a while. Yeah. And uh, at the beginning of the trailer, she shows up and says, Hope you weren't waiting too long. Yep. I like the first two Bayonetta games. I don't know if I'll buy it, but we'll see. We're getting an update to Nintendo Switch Online. This means that you'll be able to play from a back catalog if you do this higher-up subscription service. You'll be able to play from a back catalog of Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games. This comes complete with new Switch controllers that are like those two console controllers. Just think that's cool. He's waiting for a very certain news headline to come up, and I am saving that one for last. Am I? I assume you are. No, I'm just... I. Nintendo doesn't do much nowadays that I care okay. about. Well, we're getting... Did you play Monster Hunter Rise? I know you're a Monster Hunter I, fan. I played Monster Hunter World. I haven't bought Rise because I don't... I, I don't have enough money and time to put into it to okay. justify buying it, but I know it's really good because I got a yep. friend that plays a lot of... It's getting Monster a Hunter. expansion. Yes. Yeah. yeah, World did, so I would be shocked if yeah. Rise didn't. Getting a nice expansion. Apparently Rise is really, really good, so... Yeah. We have two game-specific directs coming up. At the end of October, we're getting an Animal Crossing direct for what we're, that game's going to be getting. And then on October 5th, we're getting the Smash Bros. direct and the announcement of the final DLC character. Smash Bros., baby! <laughs> it's going to be the last Sakurai Presents game direct. He's going to announce the last character. He's going to show us a bit about how to play them. Any guesses on who it might be? Sakurai. Himself, yes. <laughs> no, Do you think... You act like I would hate that. I think I pitched this to you. I think that Sakurai's going to take Gumby. (laughs) (laughs) Gumby? (laughs) I think. (laughs) We've said a couple things here. You've said the rabbits before, which is a big possibility. No matter what, prepare to be disappointed. Yeah, there's you're a. Not, you're not getting anybody crazy. Crash fans, we're dead. Spiral fans, you're gone. You, you think? Oh uh, no, we're, you're, it's gonna be bad. It's not gonna. I say I don't think. I think if we're not getting anybody that anybody's happens. gonna lose their mind over. I still don't understand the thought of just putting Minecraft Steven Sephiroth in the middle of the pack again, putting the two most exciting characters in the middle of the packs. Yeah. It never makes sense to me. Just end on a bang. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be Crash or Spyro. I think they would have happened by now. And a lot of that. I think there is a non-zero chance this might it might be Alfin from Tales of Arise. It probably won't be. But, like, it could be. Yeah, no. And it would be great if it was. Genuinely, I think... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to fight the urge to just do a third party. Because I really think we're just going to get another Nintendo character. You think we're going to get fucking another Pokemon? If it's another Pokemon, I shoot myself. We're going to get Waluigi. <gasps> that's my that's my prediction. I think Waluigi will be the last character. I'm so down. I don't want it, but I think there, there's only one other way. <laughs> it's either they tease Waluigi in the trailer, and then they switch it up, and it's like, like fucking Captain Toad or some dumb shit. But I think it'll be another Mario. I really do. First of all, don't say Captain Toad like I'm not down for that shit. Okay, no, Captain Toad would be cool. It'll be Captain Toad voiced by Keegan-Michael Key. <laughs> Alright, 
I'm tired of this already. Go, but go, yeah, that's my that's, that's my that's my prediction. I think it'll be Waluigi because I don't think we'll get another third party. If we do get a third party, I'm I'm dying on the hill of uh, what you call it, Tails or Robotnik. I think Robotnik would be cool, but I think yeah. that's more of me speaking of this would be a really cool fighting game character. But I think we'll probably get Tails. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I don't think it's gonna be anything big. I think it's just gonna be something middling and they are really selling on the point that this is the last character yeah sure all right nintendo they're very sure all right nintendo i don't this care. is the last sakurai presents y- yes because sakurai will walk off project and they'll keep making stuff i don't care what they're gonna say they're gonna keep making stuff i it doesn't you can't like you've lied to me too many times <laughs> i don't care anymore you're gonna keep making stuff you're a liar if you say you won't Let's or maybe they're just trying to get out the game because they know they're about to be dethroned. <laughs> the last Sakurai Presents is on the release day. Nicktoons, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that game's going to be fire. <laughs> anyway. I said Reptar mains on me. We want to talk about Sakurai's other golden boy. Uh, Kirby, no, you can talk about Kirby. Yeah, we have a new Kirby game is coming out. What does it look like? Uh, it, it, it looks like a Kirby game. It we it's actually like a classic Kirby game. I'm not getting like bullshit like the the yarn or some dumb shit like that. No, it looks like a Kir- it looks like, like a, a classic. Okay, first of all, Epic Yarn was good. No, no, no. But, but yeah, no, I get okay. <laughs> Epic Yarn is very good. I love it. I think it's very good. But I don't want yeah. Kirby with extra bullshit. I'm a Kirby. It is going to be a 3D game, so you walk around a 3D th- instead of a normal 2D scroller that they tend to be. But like. I, like, from what they show, you see Kirby getting us. The only abilities we see in the trailer are his common ones. You know, fire, ice, sword. We see the bomb. So is this going to be, like, the Kirby 3D world, kind of like Mario got? Does Probably. look similar? Okay. It's called Kirby in the Forgotten Lands. It looks like the Forgotten Lands is, like, a modern-day city, which I kind of appreciate in a really weird way. <laughs> that the Forgotten Land isn't anything... Pro- it literally looks like he's literally going through a mall at one point. And I'm just, just pre-COVID. Like, I just- no, post-COVID, because there's no one there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like, and I kind of... I like the charm about it. Bunch of people kicking off on Twitter. People that I don't like on Twitter. That oh. have a screenshot of Kirby, and a screenshot of, like, some PS4 AA-tier game. And it's just like... Nintendo triple tier graphics, PlayStation double uh, A graphics, double A graphics, and I'm just like, it's Kirby. I get your point, but it's Kirby. Yeah, it's like what you we... weren't gonna get anything else. <laughs> this is what Kirby games look like. I love Kirby. Like compare it to Bayonetta or something if you want the sort of graphics argument about it. And also, graphics aren't the end all be all in video games. So you know, go fuck yourself. The last thing from the direct is we had. The cast reveal and the release date for the Mario movie. How much do we really care? We have to talk about it. <laughs> Listen, some of these casting choices are actually good. It's just that one of them is really bad. And which one is that? Okay. I think Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong will be fun. I okay. also think Charlie Day as Luigi would be kind of cool. It's my. Li- that's the one I think is bad. Really? You don't think Chris Pratt as Mario is worse? No. Oh, okay. I think he'll be fine. We're also getting... Also, you're never going to hear Chris Pratt say, Woohoo! Or do any of that shit, because the original guy is in the credits for the movie. And he's going to make an appearance. I would assume he'll be doing shit like that. Okay. I think Charlie... I, I genuinely just don't like Charlie Day. Uh, like, right. I love I love him in... 
like Sonny of Philadelphia, like, because I don't want to get roasted for, like, not liking Always Sonny in Philadelphia. I love him in that. I love him when he gets to play him. I don't like him whenever he voice acts. Okay. And I know he has, I, he hasn't done a lot, but I don't like his voice behind anything. I just don't. And I don't want him to be Luigi. I also think that, like, Jack. You know who would have been, you know who I would have cast as Luigi? Yeah. If we're really good? Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah would have been my Luigi. That's fair. I, I can't, <laughs> Michael Sarah would have been mine for you. Uh, I also think Jack Black is not who I would have cast for Bowser. <laughs> I think there's like something. Jack Black is so good. Like this movie is going to get memed for this, okay. and I mean that in the good way. Like it's already getting memed in the bad way. Okay, so which one is your bad one, the Chris Pratt? Yeah, Chris Pratt okay. is Mario. I just. Um, I also don't I, know how uh, Key is going to do. It'll probably be fine. Just from yeah, what but I, like. His last real big voice acting thing was in Toy Story 4, and I think he really didn't do well. He kind of is just like, I'm going to be funny. And it's like, I, it's just not funny. I think that's why he's voicing Toad. So I don't know how much Toad, like, it's the thing of this thing. Now, like, if Charlie much... Day was Toad, I would be behind that. Because I'm also just like, how much is Toad going to appear in this movie? Because I assume same thing with like white, like Cranky Kong, Kamek, Spike. What like they have to be like that? They're just gonna appear and they're gonna have some lines at the beginning or at the end, or they're gonna run into. I assume this game is going to be Mario and Luigi going on a journey to save Peach movie. from Bowser. That's my assumption of what this movie's gonna be. Because what else do you do with a Mario movie? Like, that's just my assumption. What if what if this is, like, not that, and it's just a journey through all of the Mario side games? <laughs> we just get, like, all, all of the sports games. <laughs> I would love that. That, I would like that movie so much more. It's her... <laughs> it turns out that it's just, this movie is just a crossover with Sonic 2, and it's about the Olympic Games. I said what I said. <laughs> but, yeah, like... Kamek, Kamek is the wizard. They're probably going to yeah. run into him on this thing. Like, that's my assumption of what this movie's going to be. And there's got to be more voices, so. Well, yeah, there's got to be. Yeah, but, so like, I, when I see, like, Toad or Spike or Cranky Kong, I just assume that they're not going to have a ton of impact on the movie. Unless, do you think Key is voicing multiple Toads? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he kind of has to, doesn't he? That's, that's what I'm thinking here. I was also shocked it was just Toad and not, like, Toadsworth and Toadette. But they also could just not have been released yet. Yeah. But the movie comes out not that long from now. Yeah. It's next year. So we'll see. Yeah, we will I see. I hope it looks good. I think the animation will be fine. It's done by Illumination. They never... Oh, God. They make bad movies. Their animation yeah. is never terrible, terrible. Uh, we'll see. We'll just, it literally, it's just a waiting game. It was just... Here's stuff they just dropped it it's like here and I was like couldn't okay be, you know what I said couldn't be me yeah that's what, that's what you say <laughs> got some Marvel Studios news doing the trailer last uh, WandaVision won a couple of Emmys nothing big and what's next <laughs> Okay, they won three Emmys, one for production design, one for costume, and one for original song. These were all like under specific things. But it wasn't any of the major Emmys. None of the major yeah. Emmys. Like the costume one was, was like... Did you see that? There was like eight Disney-owned things up for like major Emmys and none of them won. Disney didn't win any of the major yeah, Emmys. Yeah, nothing. I think the most major one that you could claim that Disney won was the... Uh, was like pre-recorded streaming event for Hamilton. That was the biggest thing that Disney won, I would say, of all of them. Moving on. 
the costume one is fantasy and sci-fi costume. So when you specifically... <laughs> what? I'm sorry, keep going. No, what? I read the paper. Which thing? The next thing. You ready for that rant? There's too many trailers. Okay. That's the most that's the most Pokemon 3 too much water argument I've ever heard. Listen to me. What if has way too many trailers? They get a tra- they get 3 trailers for every episode. These episodes are only 20 some minutes long. We don't need a two-minute trailer about what's happening in the episode. They've been doing so. One of the trailers for each episode, I think, are really good, right? And they're the like it shows like a TVA screen, and it has like a thing like uh, Odin finds a a orphaned frost or finds an abandoned uh, frost giant baby and takes him home to raise his son, and then it backspaces through and then says returns him to his family, and then we get like a quick like this is what the next what if episode is. It's Thor as an only child. Those are cool. And they're only, like, half a minute long. That's cool. I don't need a two two two-minute trailers of Thor partying on Earth because these episodes aren't long. You give away so much. The Zombies episode, the entire plot is given away in the trailer. Don't watch trailers. Yeah, like, I just think it's... I like... I like those those little trailers at the beginning because I think it's cool to reveal the plot of the thing. And they've gotten better with this. I haven't seen any trailers for the next episode out, which is episode eight, the first one with Ultron. And then you sent me that thing on Twitter. Or on Instagram. I just finally saw that. I saw you responded to it. I don't remember what Darcy it was. Darcy Lewis. And... Oh, yeah, that was in the Thor- Party Thor episode. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, that shit, like... They do it, and Marvel does this with everything, but I just feel like with What If it's the most insulting because the episodes are so short. Like, when you have an hour episode of Falcon Winter Soldier, you can kind of get away with it. But because the episodes are so small and there's only, like, one story arc going in between, just tone it down. But we have a trailer for the next Disney Plus show. Damn these Disney Plus shows. (laughs) Damn them all to heck. How you feeling? I'm so upset. Are you actually upset? I, I'm upset. Why? Zach, I don't know if you're in the business that I'm in. I'm in the business of being entertaining. And half of my entertainment is talking shit about stuff. But then they same. drop this fucking diehard ass trailer. We're in the same business. Playing this damn Christmas music because they know I'm going to pay attention. <laughs> now I want to see it. I was talking all this trash about this stupid character shooting bows, not even better than Oliver Queen. Fucking Jeremy Renner being weird, and now I want to see it. And then they've got the girl from Pitch Perfect playing Kate Bishop, which I didn't know. And she's kind of funny. <laughs> all you knew. No, 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 no. Because no. I've specifically told you that it's Haley Seinfeld, and all you've done is basically not acknowledge that she's in Pitch Perfect, is what it sounds like. She's in Pitch Perfect? <laughs> I don't know. You said the girl in Pitch Perfect play, is playing Kate Bishop. Yeah, the second one. She's not in the first one. Second one. Yeah, Haley Seinfeld is who's playing Kate Bishop. She's on uh, the main character, Edge of Seventeen, one of my guilty pleasure teen comedy romance mo- uh, movies that you should watch. Okay. Don't, you don't have to watch it. Actually, you should watch it. Oh, What's-His-Face is in it. Cletus Cassidy's in it. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Oh, what a, what a man. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, now I want to see it. I want to watch it. There's got some interesting things. I think this is only six episodes. It's Christmas. It is Christmas. Damn them. 
Uh, we could have predicted it because it's coming out around that time. But I didn't think they'd do it. <laughs> but I didn't think they'd They put a Halloween episode in WandaVision. It wasn't October. Yeah, it was WandaVision. Who the fuck cares? Leave me alone. <laughs> I'd say, by the way, I'd say we're in the same business. We're just in different departments. <laughs> I like to like stuff. Uh, just a little quick note. We're not talking about the Miss Marvel controversy stuff. I just don't have the energy. I know about it. I'm angry about it. Don't feel like talking about it. So Netflix has announced a original series based off the comic book Grendel. I assume you don't know anything about it. I, I've heard the name Grendel before. Ooh. And I own Netflix. So I'm basically like the professor of this. Okay. So I'm about to break it down to you. Okay. But I'm going to hand you guys over to my more esteemed colleague to take over because I'm a little tired. I don't know a ton about Grendel. It is a more, it looks like a more horror aspect independent comic. Yes, it is. Uh, cool. It's just kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I like, I like it. It's going to be good. Just, it'll be good. Netflix, Netflix has figured it out. They, uh, like, they two, figured out two how to make the shows. They haven't figured out how to renew the shows. No, they have, because Castlevania had four seasons. Oh, okay. And every season is phenomenal. Jupiter's Legacy only had one, though. That's live action. Is Grendel live action? I think so. It might not be. It well, might have not. Witcher is coming out with second season. Oh, okay. And that and that was really good. Yeah, it's yeah. confusing, but it was really good. It's confusing, but it was good. But and, mm, that's the thing. It could fail because Jupiter's Legacy. Nobody really knew what that was. Yeah. So we'll see. But I think also this reaching into not the ser- superhero tropes and reaching somewhere different might also work. Spe- as well. Yeah, especially when Invincible was blowing up and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I just. I, I like spotlighting lighting stuff when it gets made. Just be like, yes, do this. Do more of this. You can reach into the com- independent comic spheres. spheres. We've There's also seen Netflix do very, very bad things. Yes. All right. Do you got anything else? <sighs> what? You got anything else you want to wanna do? Are we not talking about the detective comics? Oh, shit, we are. I forgot. A few weeks ago, we talked about DC Comics was partnering with Webtoons. We got the first thing out. It's called Batman Wayne Family Adventures. It's I think it's really good. It's they're all very short, and it's not actually about Batman and Robin going out to fight crime. It's just about the Waynes living in Wayne Manor. A lot of little fun stuff. Full House Wayne edition. That's all I have to say. Basically, yeah. I think my favorite one is them fighting over the cookie. Yeah. Did you read the webtoon stuff? No. Oh, okay. It's DC. Get out of here. It's so good. I'm too busy watching trailers for movie for shows that come out in December. Okay, buddy. The the cookie one is just uh, they're coming on. It's all told from the view of Duke Thomas, who's moving into the Wayne Manor. What are they stealing cookies of the cookie jar? No. So they are coming back from patrol. It's Batman, Duke Thomas, Damian Wayne, Tim Drake, Jason Todd, and Cassandra Kane. And they're coming back, and he's just like, uh, odd that you would all stick around, because the only ones that live in Wayne Manor are Bruce, Damien, Duke, and Alfred. Those are the only four that live there full-time. It's like, it's odd that you guys are saying, and, like, and Cass is just like, well, we have a tradition. When everyone comes back from patrol and no one's injured, Alfred fills the table up with pastries that he made. So it's just them pigging out over pastries, and then they're just like, oh yeah, his cookies have won awards, because you know, it's just kind of silly. And then they all look, and there's one cookie left. So they fight over who gets the cookie, and in my favorite part, as they're squabbling, the cookie flies up, lands in Bruce's hand, and he just looks and does this. 
and it ends with Alfred getting the cookie. I would have loved if <laughs> it was getting cookies at the cookie jar and then fight, and it would come down to like two of them, right? And then they go, so he's like, I got it. He's like, no, you didn't get it. And then like Duke has it in his hand, and then like Jason just looks and he has Starro in his hand. Yeah, it's just, but it's just stupid stuff like that that I think is so much fun because they're very short and they come out like every Thursday and it's free. Cool. But uh, there is something about it that's been controversial online. Uh, are we... Okay, yeah, go ahead. You can just touch on it. Uh, Damian Wayne is colored in a bit darker. Because he's... It's almost like he's half Middle Eastern. Yeah. Crazy. Anywhere between a quarter and a half, depending on the continuity. But Why are we... No, why? No, I let don't... me stop. I'm not gonna... My favorite one was the TikTok saying that he should be colored in white, and the guy that's doing it is just the most Aryan-looking-ass motherfucker. I... Blonde hair, blue eye, and I was like, really? I've never heard of anybody ever getting upset when we change a different minority character to a different minority... But when it's a so what is supposedly a white character made into a minority, it's always yeah. a big deal. I don't get it, and it makes me so upset. And it, what gets me the most is where like, have I'm saying this in general, not just you specifically. Yeah. Have you like picked up a comic with Damian Wayne in it when he's unmasked? He doesn't look white. Like he's colored in white, but like look at his face. Yeah. He does not look white. So I thought it was cool that webtoons had him colored in that they colored him in like that for webtoons. Thought that was really cool. Good. Do you got anything else for news before we move on to my thing? You got any any, any sports things? Sports stuff? If you got it. Do I have any sports stuff? I don't think I do. I could rant. Oh, God, about what? I'm upset. Okay. No, you know what? Nah, go ahead. I don't need to rant. It's only week three. I don't need to overreact. If I get... I'll tell you this, America. <laughs> if we get halfway through the season... And what's going on is still going on. You'll hear about it. That's all I have to say. Okay. I guess we got to ring the bell then. <laughs> now, I, I, I came with five quick headlines because why the hell not? Uh, uh, coming up on these first two things, it's about NXT 2.0, the rebrand. I'm only talking about the first episode. A few episodes have been out. Two days ahead of it, Samoa Joe vacates the NXT championship. You just said I'm done. He said it was because of injury, but uh, he clearly wasn't. He clearly wasn't injured after his title match, and he hadn't wrestled since. So I don't know how he got injured. It just it feels like Vince wants the title off of him because this is a new era of NXT. Now I was ready to kick off about this. I was ready to really just like, and it's Vince, he's going to get rid of all the old NXT talent and we're going to see these new guys. Then I watched the first episode of NXT 2.0. It was a watch. It was a watch. It was a watch. A lot of stuff. So is it like sponsored by Rolex? Like, why is it a watch? <laughs> uh, first of all, new Capital Wrestling Center for NXT. The actual architecture of it Really good. I can do without all the bright colors. But, like, when, like, you hit the hard cam, when you're at the hard cam on the ring, up on the wall there's a giant NXT that lights up, and it lights up, like, all the colors because it's a bunch of paint splatter stuff. That looks really cool. Like, when you have someone entering the ring and it changes to be stuff for their Tron, and, like, they're standing in the ring and they're looking down the hard cam with the NXT behind them, it looks really good. The, like, actual entranceway looks very good. Yeah, but good. what about the product? I don't really care yeah, about like, the wrestling well, in. What about the product? It's, like, this stuff matters. Now, with the product, we got, like, six new debuts on the on the first episode of NXT and on the second episode of NXT and probably on the third episode of NXT. But 
mainly the first episode of NXT 2.0 is built around that we were having this fatal four-way match for the number one contender for the championship. It's now for the title. It was Kyle O'Reilly, Tommaso Ciampa, LA Knight, and Pete Dunne. Tommaso Ciampa and Kyle O'Reilly are both older NXT stars. We're used to them. Yes. Kyle O'Reilly gets attacked backstage and gets inserted by someone who just debuted. Now, when I was watching and this happened, I was like, and there's the new NXT champion. Because he's a big, he's clearly a Vince guy. And it's just oh. like, this is their way of getting into the match and him winning the title. I was wrong. Tommaso Ciampa won the championship. Which is... The one person is, who... Is he not just the best wrestler left? Well, he is, but yeah. from what we know of what this NXT 2.0 is supposed to be, that's the one that I was sure wasn't going to. Oh. It, because both LA Knight and Pete Dunne are heels, so like you could get it with them, heal it up, and you can do this with Tommaso Ciampa well, and then put it on whatever Vince guy you want in a few weeks. And then we had a wedding segment that I can't lie, is probably the best wedding segment to ever happen in wrestling. Between who and who? <sighs> I don't watch NXT enough. Okay. It's between, I think it's like Indy Hartwell and, oh, what was the guy's name? It was just, it was entertaining in a really weird way. So the first episode wasn't bad. I didn't watch the second episode. It was uh, apparently absolute mayhem in that people kept debuting and the commentators just kind of acted like they've been on the roster this whole time. Love that. NXT 2.0 might be a good watch for the sheer comedy of what's going on. Like, this guy just showed up and was like, hey, I'm this, and I want a cruiserweight title match next week. And Roger Strong just being like, okay. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Wade Barrett trying to give us the cliff notes of everyone while he's on commentary of people that we just never met before. It was okay. Uh, more importantly, we have another big title win. Big E has cashed in Money in the Bank and won the WWE Championship. Big E! I loved this. I love him. I loved the episode of Raw where he, this happened. So the episode of Raw, it was announced, main event. <laughs> Can we talk about the clip where he's just holding the money in the bank? Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we, it's Monday Night Raw, main event, Bobby Lashley versus Randy Orton, title on the line. Big E tweets out in the middle of the day, just so everyone knows, I intend on cashing in Money in the Bank tonight. For those of you who don't know, Money in the Bank briefcase, you can cash in at any time in any place for a WWE Championship match or a Universal Championship match. Depends on what you want. So beginning of the show, Bobby Lashley and Randy Orton comes out and Big E comes out and he's just like, just so you guys know, I absolutely still intend to cash in tonight. And we get through the rest of the night, we just get vignettes, interviews, moments backstage where we see... Uh, Bobby Lashley and Randy Orton preparing and then just Biggie in the background with his briefcase just stalking. I love Biggie. <laughs> Including a nice moment between him and the other two members of the New Day who were all, who are on Raw where they're excited for him, they're happy for him, and he, Biggie even asked Kofi, hey, you've done this whole championship thing before. Like, I'm nervous. How you? And Kofi, he props him up because they're all the best of friends. He probably just like, there's no one on the roster more deserving than you. Which, I don't know if that's specifically true. Big E is still very deserving. Very happy he's champion. He looks so good with that belt. So good. So good. <laughs> but yeah, and then he, at the end of the night, the match happens. Lashley wins. Big E comes down to cash in. Lashley's trying to, like, fake, it, fake an ankle injury. Big E just walks up, slaps him. And Lashley looks at him, looks at the ref and says, 
Ring the fucking bell. <laughs> I love Bobby Lashley. I recently <laughs> watched an interview with Bobby Lashley. I love him so much. And here's the thing about wrestling sometimes is the thing about wrestling is because you're going to different cities, they don't all react the same. And the big fear here was that the crowd wouldn't be into this. Holy fuck were they into it. Biggie gets Lashley up on his shoulders for the beginning and the crowd starts screaming their heads off. And he gets down and something happens. But when Biggie does get him up and hits it, the crowd lights up before the pinfall even happens. One, two, three, the crowd. <sighs> Biggie is WWE champion. It's just you'd love to see it. You'd love to see it. I hope he doesn't lose it tonight to Bobby Lashley. He has his rematch tonight. Yeah. As we record. We're going to move on to some AEW stuff now. This is relevant to what I was about to say. Okay. First, it looks like we're getting a new AEW championship. A new a new championship. An additional one? Yes, an additional okay. one. Not a new belt. Uh, it is not the one that I expected that. We don't have official announcements on this. It's not the belt that I expected to be added. I think this belt's a good idea. It looks like we're going to be getting a TBS championship because Dynamite's moving to the TBS network. Okay. It's so it's to like counter the TNT championship. And it looks like it's going to be a women's exclusive belt. Okay. This is a good idea. Okay. Normally I don't like flooding a division or something with more belts, but when one of the chief problems with your women's division is exposure based, having another championship, it kind of ups that sort of thing because you pay attention to championships. You at least you should. Sometimes you don't, like when it's the WWE twenty four seven championship. But like I think there's a lot to be good in that. I, again, I am always very wary about naming titles after stuff like networks. The TNT Championship, I think you can get away with when your main show is called Dynamite. But, like, imagine if we didn't have AEW Rampage, there wouldn't be a show on TNT, and you have this TNT Championship. But another thing that I that I think with this belt is I want it to just be called the TBS Championship. Do not call it the TBS Women's Championship. Just the TBS Championship. I understand why you can't do that with other titles. You can't have two AEW World Championships. One needs to, you need to differentiate them somehow. But I want, if it doesn't need to be, it shouldn't be. Because I think that helps. And their women's division's getting stronger. So, like, it, I want to keep seeing that, that build up. WWE girl can't win this championship. She, so Ruby Soho had her title match. This is moving on to AEW Grand Slam reactions. Just quick ones. She had her match against Britt Baker, and she lost in what was a pretty good match. Okay, good. Yeah, because she can't win it. You can't just bring the WWE talent and let them win their championships. Can't do that. Yeah, so Grand Slam happened. AEW does these sort of events with Dynamite and Rampage because they only have four pay-per-views a year where they have, like, these, like, big cards. Like, we're going to have, like, this is where we can have title matches, where we can have big matches. The first match of the whole thing was Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan. Sorry. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. Danielson. Holy shit. It was good. Holy shit. <laughs> this match was really good. <laughs> Warning for this match, for anyone who wants to watch it and is going to skip through me talking about it, that wants to watch it, little notes, the first third of this match is very technical. And there's some wrestling fan, and I understand not liking this, There's some. it's like a lot of like mat wrestling, transitioning from move to move. That's not some people's thing they don't like they like more high spots and this match some has some good high spots near the end but for the first like third of this match it is all that because that's what these two are good at but holy shit kenny omega tried to kill brian danielson a couple of times have you seen the highlights from this match yes 
ow. <laughs> yeah. That dragon suplex on the ramp, I cringed. And then Kenny Omega jumped and hit Brian with that knee so hard he flipped over the top rope. Ow. You know Brian has neck issues, right, Kenny yeah. Omega? Uh, also, Kenny Omega going for the one-winged angel, but Brian reversing it into the Frankensteiner had me going. This match is just really good. Them fighting to a draw, it is only good because it doesn't happen a lot. If it was WWE, draw would have happened a bunch of times by now, and I'd be sick of it. But because we've only had, like, one other time limit draw in AEW history, and because of the way this draw went, and because I trust AEW to do long-term booking, excellent. And then, of course, the super click kicking Brian's head off afterwards. Super click being the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. Yeah. We got a good punk promo on Dynamite. It was It's the first punk promo that I've heard that I've been, like, that's fucking CM Punk. That's the shit I like. Other good matches. Alistair Black. The problem with like doing quick reactions for stuff is I have to is I have to go through and I have to leave matches out. With WWE, that's easy. Yeah. Talk about the main event. Talk about a match of the night and you're good. With AEW, all the matches have like a sort of good sort of feel to them. So it's hard to skip over like uh, CM Punk versus Hobbs, which was good but was a very TV match. Or like Alistair Black versus Cody. Again, good but I gotta talk about other stuff here. Uh, the title match between Ruby Soho and Britt Baker, it was good. Again, gotta move on. The trios match on Rampage, it was the Jurassic Express and Christian versus the Super Click. Christian? Kristen Cage. I, I know. Yeah. With the, with the Jurassic Express. This match was really good. I'm... Luchasaurus was going wild. Luchasaurus is so good. Ah. And this is something that WWE is starting to do again, but AEW has always done, and I love it when they do this, and that is that they announce the matches for their show ahead of time. So we're having this trios match, and which is what we thought the new championship was going to be. We thought it was going to be a trios championship. They're fighting. They're going at it. They're like... And throughout the match, I'm just like... Adam Cole was really showing that he's he's good in the ring, which we know from NXT, but like showing that he gets the AEW environment and the workers. And I'm just like, and Jungle Boy is really getting a good showing. Be cool to see those two go at it. Match happens. Uh, super click, get the win. And then they announce, by the way, next week on Dynamite, Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy. I was like, guess I gotta watch Dynamite then. <laughs> announce your matches ahead of time. Let me get hyped for like... Yeah. Weekly TV, they're not going to be, like, big title matches, but, like, you can run Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole, and I'm going to get excited for it because I know how good these two are. Love Jungle Boy. This is also, like, the biggest crowd New York has had for wrestling in a bit. New York. And I love CM Punk in the ring. I love CM Punk's promos. He's so good. They're being, right now, they're being, like, I'm not taking shots at WWE, but we all know I could also be talking about WWE. Like, he's talking about Team Taz trying to take his love for professional wrestling, and that professional wrestling is back in New York. When you could say WWE took his love for professional wrestling, and WWE was in New York two weeks ago. <laughs> like, he just, it feels that way. We love him. Yeah, AEW Grand Slam was a lot of fun. I assume we're going to have at least one more event. We're probably going to have one in... Well... I don't know if we're going to have one before Full Gear in November. We might have one like this in October. I don't know. Normally they have one in December called Winter is Coming. Some of the names are weird because it's hard to come up with good names. Well, that's a, just a Game of Thrones. 
Time yeah. Traveler, yeah. Uh, they had Witchers coming last year, so I assume they're going to go for it this year. But that won't be until, like, December. I don't know if we're having an event show in October or if it's just all hands on deck until full gear in November. Mm-hmm. But uh, I assume we're going to be seeing a Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega rematch, given that it went for a time limit draw. Yeah. And that after the time limit draw, the label lock got locked on, and Brian probably would have won. So the, the October one. Are we getting an October show? Is that what you just told me? We might be getting an October event similar to Grand Slam. Okay. So the next we get that when they introduce Bray Wyatt to AEW. Maybe. It could happen. On Halloween. It could happen. Spooky scary time. <laughs> but I believe this is all the news that we have. Yeah, looks like it. With an hour into the show. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, that's how we knew it was going to be. Uh, so normally we wait until after content consumption to go to break. We're not doing a main event today, so we're going to throw it a break now, and then we'll be back with some content consumption. Ooh. Oh. I feel good. <gasps> We've had a cast change. Hello. I am face reveal. Uh, yes, you see, uh, this wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> I definitely have a couple jokes thrown in there where I just turned the camera around. Uh, you see, I decided to kill Tanner. Got got kind of tired of his jokes, so. <clears throat> yes, with this screwdriver. Yep, we have the murder weapon here. They gave me to the radiator! <laughs> <laughs> so we're here. We got it. We got that shown. Yeah. Tanner didn't feel like doing shit this week, so I fired him. Would you oh. like to go first? Or would uh, I go first? Let's... I would not accept that slander. I could have done something. Tanner but, got lazy. But our, our, our nice uh, techie wanted to cover something, and I know nothing about it. Just so you and all know, we it. took two weeks off the podcast, and Tanner still did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, Tanner did things. <laughs> How loud do you think his audio is right now? It's so far away from the microphone. I, I sit that far away. It's not oh, okay. Yeah. He's also yelling, so I, like, I'm not yeah, yeah, so I want so. you to hear me, bitch. Alright, and I'm going. <laughs> this is going to be chaotic as hell, and I love it. Uh, you go first. I'll go first? Yep. Alright. You got the notes on your phone. So, I am covering what is on my shirt, not Cthulhu, but Cthulhu. Rick and Morty. Uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Yo, don't get us, uh, don't, what is it? Don't get us banned. Copyright strikes. Don't. It's, it's loose when you're the one singing Shut it. Shut up. Mm. Uh, but I fucked Cthulhu. <laughs> we have the chat logs. Nice. All right. <laughs> so. So. Um, season five of Rick and Morty was. Like. Well, it was. It was some crazy So I haven't shit. watched Rick and Morty since I think season two. Whatever okay. season had the episode where they're like. Fucking with the president. I don't remember if that's two or three. They're, they're still fucking with the president. Well, first of all, I personally like the writing, and I like a lot of the sci-fi that's in Rick and Morty. That's okay. just me personally. I don't know about There's cool other viewers. I don't know about you two. Oh, I do know about you two. You guys are like iffy about it, right? I have the same. You like it? After that Voltron episode? Mm-hmm. I know when I was in high school, it was like, you have to have high IQ to watch this 
Yeah, like, the, my, my biggest problem with Rick and Morty is the same thing as my problem with Star Wars. The fan base is kind of shit, and that keeps me away from things. Rick and Morty, up to now, has been more of a story about Morty, I guess, and how... Rick just, like, leaves him. So, from seasons one through four, obviously, like, it's Rick and Morty, so you get the story of both of them, but yeah. till now, it's been about how Rick keeps abandoning Morty and just goes on his own adventures, sort of. Um, for, like, seasons one and two, they were together. They were, like, best pals. Season three, they started to break apart a little bit. Season four, a little bit more. Season five, holy shit. Like... A lot of bad grandparenting went down. <laughs> it's not fun. All right. The first episode. Um, so Rick and Morty are trying to escape off of this planet. Um, and they're, they're about to crash land onto Earth. And he, uh, M- M- Morty's like, okay, I'm cool with dying. I'm cool with it. It's going to happen. And then Je- uh, Jessica... Who is his season love? Who's his series love interest? Um, she fucking calls him and she's like, "Hey, I was wondering what you were doing on Saturday because I think we should hang out." And then he's <laughs> like, "Oh fuck no, we're not dying!" and crashes into the ocean. <laughs> so it was super the power dumb. Boners is strong with this one. <laughs> However. Now that Morty has landed in the ocean, Rick wakes up. Rick was passed out, so Rick wakes up and he goes the fuck have you done and he goes why the fuck you land in the ocean and so this guy comes up he kind of looks like a sexy um like if aquaman were in porn that's him his name is mr nimbus mr nimbus comes and you find out how that mr nimbus is one of rick's nemesis and he has many yeah but he's like his arch enemy he's like he's the one okay they used to be friends, but now they don't like each other. Not Grunkle Ford. Hmm? Not Grunkle Ford. Okay. This happens, and then they're all like, well, we need to, we need to settle this, so Rick invites him over. Uh, Nimbus tries to have a threesome with Rick's daughter and his, <laughs> her husband, which is hilarious. And that's a gimmick throughout the entire show. It's probably Jerry's idea. At the end of the show, happens. Oh, <laughs> At the end of the show, it happens. Yeah. So uh, that, that, that's a whole buns. arc. He comes in, um, and so Rick has prepared this wine, and so there's this door you can summon, and it's like a door to Narnia, and so time passes really fast there, and really slow here, compared, and so Morty goes in, gets the aged wine, he's like, thank you. The guy comes back with him, takes the wine, puts it in, the guy walks back through the door to go home. His son is like, he goes back to his house, everything's abandoned. His son's like, why the fuck did you come back here? And stabs him multiple times. <laughs> and it's a whole thing with the Narnia dimension that Morty has to keep going back because he wants wine. And then Jessica's like, oh, I'd like some wine. And so she go- he goes for her. And so as he keeps going back in, they keep evolving. And so it turns from um, mystical fantasy to sci-fi. And it just starts like... And they finally catch him. And they're like, we've got you. Finally. And then 
Rick tries to come save him. They get Rick as well. And then Nimbus saves the day. And he swoops in with the ocean. And the oh, ocean. <laughs> also, Mr. Nimbus can control the police. <laughs> Just the police. Ah, they come. So he's a rich white man. Yes. he He's a rich merman. <laughs> but anyway, that's the premise of the first episode. Uh, and you can sort of see the difference and the hesitation between um, Rick and Morty. Oh, I forgot. The only reason that Morty goes back into the Narnia d- dimension is because one of them came and took Jessica and went back. Uh. And when he came and took Jessica and went back, she sat there for centuries upon centuries and she was put into this little thing. Uh, she was like put into a crystal and so she sat there and watched them evolve and kept watching and kept watching. And so he rescues her, brings her back. He's like, can we still have that date? And she's like centuries old now and he's, she's like, I am a sentient being. Um, I think we should see other people. The second one seems to be a, just kind of one of those filler episodes. It's called clones, or I call it clones. Rick has created a clone family to make sure, a duplicate family, that's what they call them, to make sure that nobody actually comes for them. And so you found out that duplicates made duplicates. And you just, it's duplicates upon duplicates, and it's just all shit, chaos, they all fight. Episode two was a filler episode, sort of, basically. At at the end of the episode, you see that um, they're all flying back in their little spaceship and they've got clone Beth and they've got regular Beth. Oh yeah, Beth has been made a clone and so there's two of her. And you, Rick doesn't know which one is the real one because he didn't want to know which one is the real one. He's a terrible father. Is that a payoff from the thing earlier in one of the earlier seasons where Beth doesn't know if she's a clone or not? Bingo. Cool. She came back in season four. Episode three. So uh, y'all know Captain Planet? Yes. Right? So, you, did Captain Planet, do the people have rings to make Captain Planet? Yes. Okay. Well, there's this chick, and her name is Planetina. Okay. And so, they summon her. Now, the kids have all grown up, and they're using her for, like, all these promotions. Just get as much money as they can out of her. Morty meets her, falls in love with her. Of they course. fuck. Like, oh, of course. all of it. And it's just like, well... Morty had sex with Captain Planet. Cool. And so he ends up murdering all of her um, dudes that, or all the people that have rings. It's crazy. His mom is like, no, you can't just go, she can't live with us. And then he's like, you don't fucking understand. Obviously, like like a, yeah. like a kid. Shitty teenager. Yeah. And so um, he goes with her. They start saving the planet. And then... There's these coal miners, and they're about to go into the earth and do their job. And she's like, "You guys can't do that." And she and the vote and the um the coal miners are like, "Well, you didn't win the election." And then she kills them all. And then Morty's like, "Never mind, never mind, we're done." Nope. Meanwhile, Rick and Summer are off, and they wanted to go um, see. Apocalypses happen, devastations of planets, just going out. And so they go to different planets, and as it's coming, as they're about to die, they just leave the planet and go to a different one. And uh, and then they go home. And that's that's Planetina episode. It's really it's really not not that bad. Uh, episode four, giant sperm. 
Excellent. Um, so <laughs> Morty's mom works with horses, and she's a horse surgeon. Yes. And so they have a horse sperm extractor. Of course. And... I've used it some days. <laughs> Morty used it. Actually. Oh, of course. <laughs> and then... Fucking, there's this race called the Chuds, and they're these horse people that live underground, and they dig and whatever, oh, and yeah. they're crazy. And so, um, Rick takes it, and he's like, I'm going to make this sperm so that we can fight the Chuds. And so he takes all the sperm, and he thinks it's horse sperm, but it's not horse sperm, it's Morty's sperm. And, <laughs> yeah. And so, all that shit happens. Summer's idea was that to get all the sperm, what are, what are sperm attracted to? A giant egg. So she donates one of her eggs to make gigantic so that it um, attracts all the sperm, shoot it up into space, all the sperm leave, go to space. However, it's Morty's sperm. That just sounds like incest, but with extra steps. And it hits the... Nobody knew it was Morty's sperm. He refused to tell anybody. And so his sperm flies in. He called... He, he made friends with one of the sperms. He called it Sticky, and then it flew into the egg. And now there's a giant incest baby in space. And his name is Naruto. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Take that, weebs. <laughs> so, episode five. Another filler episode. There's this guy, Bruce Chutback. And he's the new kid in school, so they're trying to impress him. And so they take the flying car. And the flying car meets Transformers, and she wants to fuck the Transformers. Of course. And so, um, Transformers do. are like, you're awesome i want to meet you and see what you really turn into and she shows up and then they hate her because she's just a car and uh she kills everyone oh excellent the the flying car just murders everything um while rick likes to hang out with he hangs out with jerry and there are these people that are from hell and they get off on other people's discomfort oh of course and i do too and cringe Oh, yeah. And so they hung, hang out with them, and that's the whole, like, premise of their story. And it's just, like, and come to find out, they only really hang out with them because if there's only cringe if there's someone to do the cringing. And so it kind of shows, um, it kind of shows Rick some stuff. So that was episode five. Episode six is a Thanksgiving episode. Um, Rick has pissed off the president. And so, what else is in this universe, and in our c- civilization, there is a presidential turkey pardon, maybe of course. once a year, yeah. where they take a tur- turkey and they pardon it. Yeah. Right? Cool. Yeah. Rick becomes the turkey so that the president can't be mad at him. Excellent. And, it's, it, and he, he, he's been doing it for years. We've got him this time. Nope. And then, so the president turns into a turkey to get them and then they take the wrong turkey out and give it the president's DNA and change it back into the president and he's like I will now command all turkeys and turn them into gigantic super soldier turkeys and (laughs) and they fight and it's Thanksgiving at one point the turkey president pulls out a wishbone from his chest and says, I wish to explode, and just explodes. So there's a lot of fun, nothing, and then Rick still earned his pardon without becoming the turkey for too long. Episode 7, 
my friend Tanner over there. He watched this episode with me. The oh, Gotron Ferrets. This is a Voltron episode. Oh, excellent. I love combining robots. <laughs> Not as much as Rick Sanchez. Oh, let's go. No. So originally their plan was, we're going to go to Boob World. And it's just a world of boobs. Yeah. Boob World! Boob World! I don't remember all the shit, but it's kind of like a parody of Wayne's World. Rick sees a blue shining light on the moon and he's like, oh, is that what I think it is? And he pulls up and he's like, it is! It's his last Gotron ferret that he needs. And then, so what he does is, he gets them all together and he's like, you know what else we could do? Is we can go across the universe, get other Ricks that have all the other Gotrons and make a bigger Gotron and just make a bigger Gotron until he makes like 500 and five, no, 5,725 Gotrons all into this one super soldier Gotron. And then the people that originally had the Gotrons, they, mur they murdered a lot of them, and so they tried to get back at them, and so, but they didn't, Rick, because he didn't do the murdering, he didn't know, so okay. he hires all of them to work for him, and then they oh, all try excellent. to kill him, yep. and then Naruto comes, and he's in space, and he, because he's a giant incest baby, and he comes and smacks the Gotron, and it goes flying, and tears apart, and he saves Rick with all the family. That was that whole episode. Episode 8, Rick and Bird Person. Uh, Bird Person was tainted by his lover. Uh, she was working for the Federation. Yes. Yeah. Remember yeah. all this? Yeah. He, be he becomes... Fe uh, yeah, but, like, the girl was also posing as one of Summer's friends. Yes, correct. Yeah. That's a Tammy. Lot. Yeah. Tammy. <laughs> they got married, and at the wedding, she turned on, and there's a lot. That's a lot. Exactly. Also, when the Galactic Federation took over Earth, and Rick tore it down by changing the value of their money to nothing. To nothing. Rick and Bird Person, he tr is now, instead of BP, he's now PP, uh, Phoenix Person. And, okay. um, <laughs> yeah. Fair and so he's changed him back. He's taken, he's Frankensteined Bird Person and taken him back. He still has his conscience. And so he, he wakes him up. Bird Person looks at him, screams, and then calms down, sees that what he's trying to do, and goes back to sleep. He puts his conscious mind into his subconscious mind and then passes out. <laughs> and he's gone. And then he's like, what's happening? Rick's like, what's happening? And then the um, the AI in his um, in his garage is like, I want to blow you. And <laughs> it was like all these different innuendos. And he was like, please, I'd like to have um, like a human connection. And then uh, he's like, okay, after we get bird person. <laughs> And then he's like, taking the, taking the fifty percent account that I might be lying, and all that, and whatever. But um, so he goes in, into Bird Person's mind. He links the two of them, and he travels in, and so he goes through a lot of memories, a lot of them. Um, how Bird Person knew that Rick shot green portals, he didn't know where they led to. So, um, he meets one of his older selves, and so he, or younger selves, I guess. He shoots a portal. And he goes, yeah, I can use this. And he walks into it and he just hits it because they don't, they don't lead anywhere. He just thinks that they're portals. Like he doesn't remember where they go. So at one point they just use his portal as like a oh. wall to stop gunfire. Okay. Fun stuff. Um, anyway, he, when he meets that younger self, um, they go through. They find out that Bird Person has a daughter Ooh. that he doesn't know about. And Bird Person just wants to die at this point. And so he's running away from Rick, and he's like, fuck off! And so, the Battle of Blood Ridge, which is their... <laughs> what was it? Uh, 
we have our own 9-11, I think that's what they said. <laughs> or, um, it was, it was crazy, but Rick's fucked up, and that's, that's what he thinks. Yeah. The younger one finds out that, um, when Rick and Birdperson fought this battle of Blood Ridge, that at the end, Rick goes, BP, we can go travel the universe together and do this and do whatever we want to do. And he's like... I could take you to a universe where we lost this battle, or we won it ten times over. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And he's like, and Bird Personal is like, is well, if nothing matters, then why do I matter? And then, or he, he he ends up being like, no, to Rick, and it really breaks his heart. And so the Battle of Blood Ridge is a really bad memory for Rick, but it it is a battle won. Um, so the old one, the older, younger Rick was like, yeah, we have our own. Hiroshima, or we have our own whatever, but he didn't see the value in Bird Person at the time. So they go and find the actual Bird Person that is sitting in his subconscious mind, and he's like, we need to leave. Uh, and he's like, no. And then he's like, well, you have a daughter. And he's like, well, why didn't you tell me that before? Like, he only he only brought it up when uh, Rick, Rick only brought it up when Rick needed to get out of Bird yeah. Person's mind alive. Anyway... So they leave, and now they're no longer really friends, which is kind of sad, because he was one of Rick's only friends. And then we have episodes 9 and 10, back-to-back. Okay. It was a one-hour season finale. All right. They played um, episode 9, and then they played episode 10. Yeah. Rick and Morty split up. They're done. Rick goes, um, I, I don't remember exactly how... Like, the words went down, but he was just like, we aren't compatible, this isn't working, so I'm going to spin the wheel of things that are better than Morty, and Two Crows comes up, and Two Crows are better than Morty, and he starts teaching them, or whatever. Two Crows can do a lot, just look at Odin. Yeah, exactly. So Morty, like, takes this growth serum, turns into, like, this 40-year-old fat Morty with a balding... And he's like, oh, bro, you've been away for so long. Now, Rick, this one's called Rick Marai Jack. He's like Samurai Jack. And uh, he's, yeah, he's like dressed in full crow and talking to them. And he's like, nah, I don't want to come back. Anyway, um, he tries to get Rick to come home. He comes home. Um, but everybody's fine. And Rick's like, fuck you. And then he leaves. And then, uh... The two crows and Rick are uh, beamed up and taken, and they're taken by the society of very smart, intelligent, um, lively crows. <laughs> they're they're just huge, and anyway, they they have like they have a supreme intelligence as well, sort of like the same way Captain Marvel does, but um, they they all get their power of strong will from this supreme intelligence. And so they've, they've grown and they, they're basically human-sized at that point. And so the two crews are given the option to betray Rick. And so they try. And so they do. Uh, but then as the one dude is about to kill Rick, they were like, nah, and they save him. Um, and then um, that's when episode nine ends uh, with them all screwed up. Episode 10 starts with... 
Rick is wearing that same crow costume. Like he's got a very big pointy hat. He looks like a he looks like a wizard, but it's very weird. Anyway, um, so not scarecrow, but crow scare. Um, of course, it, it's copyright a, he's, issues. He's a copyright issues. Copyright. Anyway, um, as <laughs> Rick meets Crow Scare, uh, this guy that the two crows used to hang out with, Rick finds out he was just a rebound after he really fell in love with them. It was really, it was really bad timing. Anyway, he gets mad, and then. Uh, Evil Morty. Remember Evil Morty? Yes. Evil Morty. the one with the eye patch that... Yes. He was killing the Ricks and using the Mortys to build a thing of while controlling the Rick with mind stuff. In a later episode, that same Morty is called... Uh, it's called Tales of the Citadel. And so it tells all these different stories of all the different Ricks and Mortys around. There's a uh, little Morty running for president. Yes. That's Evil Morty. Yes. Cool. You know that. Yes. For the people that don't know that, that's Evil Morty, and he sucks. He's a bad guy. Anyway, I'm I'm led to believe, in my opinion, and my thought to theory, that that is Rick's original Morty. Okay. Throwing that out there for the rest of this episode, because it's a crazy episode. Okay. It's very cool. Um, and this is the last episode, but last episode. Anyway, so they go back to the Citadel. Those two are invited for a Citadel meeting, and so they're invited to dinner, and so, um, Morty tries to, the evil Morty, tries to tap Rick's brain to see what he can get out of him. Um, then, as he, like, taps the brain, Rick finds out, steals the thing back, and then as they're trying to escape, uh, Citadel starts, like, exploding all over. It's, like, ending. So this is the Citadel of Rick. So, like, things that Rick had started. You actually come to find out that Rick started this specific um, Citadel. And it was really cool. You find out Rick's backstory. They tell it. And then at the end, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it in a second. At the end of Rick's backstory, he looks at the camera and goes, there you go. Stop asking questions. And they keep going. And it's just that's funny. How, that's how I feel about Rick and Morty. <laughs> Stop asking questions. Dude. Anyway, so you come to find out. So Rick's backstory. When he had to escape the, um, the Federation before. Uh, they tapped into his mind and started talking to him, and he made that fake backstory of when um, his wife and daughter blew up, and that's what made him create the portal gun. So Rick finds that to be true, yet he doesn't create the portal gun for many years after. His goal is to find this one Rick that killed his family and murder him. And so he goes all over, all around, kills Ricks, scans him, it's not him, goes to the next one. Just keeps going as he's trying to find this one Rick that killed his family. He doesn't know who it is. Um, and we still don't know. Anyway, he creates the Citadel to try and get them all, try and find them. He still hasn't found this Rick, and so he finally gives up. And so he goes up. And that's why he has nothing to live for now. Um you see that he's just a broken man who 
his only purpose in life is to do whatever the fuck he wants. And if he dies, he doesn't give a single fuck. And it's it's really it's really dark. It's really cool. It's really fun montage. It's it's no words. You watch the entire thing all the way through. It's crazy. So I, I found that very cool. And you find all this out because Morty's like, are you even telling me the truth? And so he sticks the thing in Morty's head. And he goes, nothing. And then it's all black, or not black and white, but just no sound. Um, all very silent. And then he wakes up. And then Rick and Morty save each other from the exploding citadel. And as they're going, they're flying away. Um, a lot of Rick's and Morty's, um, they have the clones. A lot of them had them set up to go in the basement of the citadel and so in this basement they have all these tanks and so all these Ricks and Mortys just shoot themselves so they'll come back however evil Morty has taken all of them and booby trapped them and turned them into blenders and just murders everybody from the citadel that tried that and then used all of their blood and energy to power the, um, what is it called? The, um, the finite curve. Um, and he takes the finite curve away. And the finite curve was to um, make Rick the smartest person in the universe. That's what the green portals mean. And at the end of the episode, you see Morty, you see the evil Morty step in to a ship, fly out. And then he invites the other Morty, and then Morty says no. So Morty helps Rick escape. They get into one of the pods of the Citadel, and they lead a lot of them away. And so they're watching it explode. And the end of the episode is that Morty's sitting in space. He goes, okay. He shoots a portal. And this portal's yellow. Which means that... I mean, uh, to, uh, to be honest, have no idea what it means. In my brain, I'm thinking the finite curve has been broken, which means that Morty can now travel to universes where Morty is the smartest one in the universe. Does that make sense? It kind of. There, there, there's bound to be other portal colors. We know what blue means. Blue means teleportation. You travel from one place to another. Okay. Solid. The green portals have been interdimensional. This yellow portal was also interdimensional. So you've seen a yellow portal work before? This one time. And you see him go through it. What if it's not? What if it's like time? Could be. Just because that's like the other portal thing. That has However, the they have said that they're not going to touch time travel. Yeah, everyone says that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. But um, with this yellow portal, there, there's just so much to speculate yeah. over, and I'm I'm very excited. It's the to thing see to the watch the fandom lose their mind over until the next season. Because we've seen we've seen Rick and his story. Like I said before, it was a story of Morty, essentially how Rick just kept abandoning him. But but it would tell what Rick was doing. It would show what Rick was doing. But the story yeah. was really about Morty and how he was abandoning Morty. Now we have Morty going off and doing his own thing and having an evil Morty or the Mortyest Morty go off and be something. The, yeah. I forgot he was called the Mortyest Morty. Yes. 
I think the Mortyus Morty should have the Rickest Rick. Boy. I really enjoyed most of this season. A lot of <laughs> a lot of poop jokes, a lot of stupid humor. Um, some of these episodes were very, very filler. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite season. I think season two or three is my favorite. Um, but it definitely sets the rest of the horizon to expand. Like, there, there's so many ways for this to go. Rick and Morty in itself, to me, was was originally, like, just a filler sort of series. And it's kind of become a different thing, so it's not out there to have a bunch of really weird filler episodes. Uh, do we have season six announced yet? Of Rick and Morty? Yeah. They, they like, already... we know what's going to happen. But... No, 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 we, we, we know for a fact it's going to happen. I don't know when. Yeah. Um, they are signed for... Yeah, they signed a 170 episodes. Solid. They're solid for a long time. But yeah, that sounds cool. I got... We're coming back issues three and four of Radiant Black. Nice. I, I've gone over the whole thing. I love this book. We've gone over stuff in the in episode 13 for it. Issue three. Issue three is one of my favorite issues. There is no action in issue three. It's all character building and backstory giving. We learn that when... Nathan first came upon them when he first touched the black hole and got the radiant black powers. He had a vision of this giant, sort of like robotic-looking being who he didn't couldn't understand the words to. Throughout this book, we keep getting back and forths of him going about his day, struggling with writer's block, struggling with relationships with his dad and his friend Marshall. As we're going through this, we keep getting slices in of him talking to this being... And he begins talking in this language and begins to understand him. Okay. Like, at one point, he stubs his toe and he goes out to curse. And instead of just cursing, to censor it, it's that radiant language. And this is one of the things you kind of pull off because it's read. So, you know, it, that's what it is. <laughs> anyway. At the end of the first... If you buy the trade... For volume one, at the very end, there is a decipher code to it. Where you can match it all up and see what all the things are. Oh, see what the alphabet of yep. it is? Yep, that shows you the whole alphabet. And I really like this issue, too, because as someone who has struggled with stuff like writer's block, it gets it very well until he finally, at the end, breakthroughs. Now, I can't talk much about his different things because it's a lot of just him getting out and clearing his head. He changes into Radiant Black once, and that's to help a family that broke down get home. Which is kind of cool. He like lifts up the car and flies it to where it needs to be. Okay. Which is really cool. It was, so what we cool. learn from him talking to the robotic figure as he understands him is he is there to fight a war. But when it comes to fighting the war and he believes, Nathan is led to believe that that's the war with the red figure that he had the tussle with. Okay. Okay. And Sorry, I was trying to remember because we, we covered this book. The first two issues was... Episode 13, so like two... Not the last episode we recorded, but the one before that. So three weeks ago. Sure. So yeah, I'm just... <laughs> I, if it takes me a second to remember, yeah. that's why. He... He's like, well, yes, I can stop them. And the big robotic figure is like, you need to be willing to kill. 
And Nathan, he's a hero. He's just like, I'm not going to kill him. It's not something I can do. Maybe these powers are meant for someone else. And he's just like, and the robot's just like, the powers chose you. They're with you until your end. It's like, it's like with the lantern rings when, when they were Kinda, yeah. given, yeah. Yeah. Well, Radiant Black's Marvel, right? Radiant or... Black is independent. Independent. Oh, okay, my bad, my bad. Yes, Radiant Black is independent. Yeah, it's kind of like the Lantern Rings, except the Lantern Rings can unchoose you. Some of them can. Okay. Uh, this is the case. It's very clear that the Radiant Black powers are with you until death, until you meet your end. Gotcha, gotcha. But at the very end of the book, as like the big climax moment of issue three, he figures out something to write, and he starts writing. <sighs> issue four, whose cover just gives me the maddest vibes. Give me Look that. at that shit. Give me that thing. I saw it earlier. So much going on. This is the robotic figure that we see in his thing. Yep, that's... I put put two and two together. Something happens in the beginning. I think it's just some little thing between him and Marshall where they're talking and he's, like, trying to explain to him, like, what he's dealing with. Because Nathan's really struggling with this thing of, like, he is supposed to kill his adversary, which he believes to be the Red red Circle guy. Then Red Circle guy. Red Circle guy. The Red Circle guy. Hold on. We also... He finally gets named in this one. Okay. And my favorite gag is Marshall's trying to come up with names, and he has a bunch of things scribbled on a notepad, and there's so many different ones. My favorite one is Mighty Morphin, and then it's crossed out with Lawsuit written under it. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle Liggins, of course, used to work on the Power Rangers comics. Okay, okay. He settles on Radiant Black, and Nathan makes jokes. He's like, really? Like, my powers are more kind of blue-esque. Or in, like, white detail, he's like, yeah, but Radiant Black sounds cooler. I even set up a Twitter account for you. Now, the Twitter account, obviously, it exists for promotion of the book. Uh, it and the fun part is Marshall is showing him tweets on his phone that got sent out in the weeks in the weeks between issues three and four. <laughs> and there we also get a... There's also a cameo of a fan account called Circle Guy News. It pops up in this whole thing as well, which I think That's... is really cool. I like that in an ongoing story that they're continuing to write. It's, oh, I've never yeah. been into comics. Yeah. It's it's fun for um, the people in, uh, not, not the studio, but the people in the writer's room to have that interaction with the audience. Yeah, to be able to throw that out there and be able to do stuff like that. And to keep you engaged while you're not reading them. Yeah, and it's a very 21st century thing to do. It's nice to see stuff like that happen and then very cool red circle guy shows up and nathan's like well i guess time he henshins the fight is on it's a pretty hard-hitting fight Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing of this fight is that our red guy isn't our red guy's suit is kind of constantly changing which is weird sometimes he's more buff sometimes he's more slim as Nathan kind of figures out, I have more gravity powers. This guy seems to have more of like a transmutation power. He's able to turn things into other things. He's able to turn things into more of an armor or... He, uh, Nathan has a single suit, right? It doesn't shift as well. He has, he only has a suit and his gravity powers that he's figured out. He's able, he's figured out that he can like do maybe like an energy blast or something. Radi- Radiant Black wasn't around before this, right? You're just finding out who this is. Sweet. Radiant Black, this is brand new, issue one, which we talked about if it was the first appearance of Radiant Black happened. Cool. Yeah, I, was just ma- I was just making sure that yeah. this wasn't a comic before nope. another redoing It's all it. brand new. Awesome. So, they're I, fighting. I think that's cool. 
And as they're going, Radiant Black's also trying to save people that get in danger for it, whereas Circle Guy, Red Circle Guy is not. Who I'm going to begin calling Radiant Red. We don't have a name for him, but I'm going to call him that, because what else am I going to call them? Red Circle Guy. That's who you call him. I enjoy it. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but as they fight, and then eventually they go together, there's a big, like... You know when, like, two big and powerful beings both punch and the fists meet and it causes, like, that shockwave? Or, like, when Captain... Yes, yes I do. <laughs> Fucking ass. <laughs> like, uh, like, Thor's hammer and Captain America's shield. Kinda. It's more like the double punching because it's two energy things acting on it. Because the Captain America shield thing is it protecting one person from this oncoming energy. This is two big energies meeting. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like it causes that... And this explosion causes the building they're at, like, the first floor of this building, to lose structural damage. Mm-hmm. As it begins to collapse, Radiant Black and Radiant Red begin holding it up, and Black yells, get them out, there's innocence there. Get them out of here. There's nothing we can do. When that starts happening, we start seeing more inserts of him with this robotic figure in his visions. Saying the same thing that we heard before, if you are to win, if you are to prevent this war, it must result in death. As Radiant Red begins to get it out, the building starts coming down. Radiant Black is trying to hold it up. You have to be willing to take lives in order to win this war. It all collapses on him. You see Marshall run up to the wreckage and you see Nathan laying there. Another insert to it. These powers are with you until your end. Are you willing to accept the challenge? As the black hole raises off of Nathan's chest and Marshall grabs it. And the last page of issue four is Marshall in the radiant black suit saying, yes, I'm willing. So he just... Nathan's dead. (laughs) Hold on. Nathan... Radiant black is the black hole, is is the powers. Radiant black, kind of. Radiant black is the hero. It's the hero mantle. Up until now... The radiant radiant black has been Nathan. Nathan has been the one with the radiant energy powers. Right now, the way I'm seeing it is that the radiant black is almost like a symbiote. Kind of. Just in, in the way that whoever wields it, the they can understand the language. They start to... Yeah. I would say, I think the best one that you had given was the lantern ring analogy. Okay, okay. In that, like, because we have Radiant Red to him, we assume they work the same. We learn some stuff about it later on. Whereas, like, this figure has something coming, and he's bestowing these powers around people. Yeah. And they're gaining it. Issue 4 drops off with Nathan getting the powers as, or no, with Marshall getting the powers, we assume Nathan has died because the powers were there or met or bonded to you until your death. We had Nathan it, for four it, issues. It doesn't make you immortal. It doesn't. Nope, because Nathan died. You just get the gravity powers. And so a black hole is very. The thought is that he gets the powers of a black hole. Kind of, I guess, but like the ra- but like Radiant Red has the same sort of symbol, but red, and they clearly have more like transmutation sort of powers. Have you thought of, or do you know anything about like when a sun turns into a black hole? Or it collapses in on itself and becomes a gravity well, kind of. Yeah, 
which, if you think about it, um, he, w- with the gravity, he can't pull things toward him, can he? But, like, may- the thing is, like, maybe he can. Maybe we don't he really can. know. Because okay. there's only so much he's learned about his powers. Currently, in modern day, we're only on issue eight. Okay. Yeah. R- right now, here, what, can, just... what can he do? What can he do? What we know here, we know that he can make things float. We know that he there's a bit of strength involved, maybe, because he held up the building, but he also might have just been using his powers to make the building float a bit. Mm-hmm. But that's really all we see. He's able to lessen gravity's effect on things and apparently do energy blasts. I don't know how that's thing. Including himself, which means he can fly. What, what, what I'm thinking is total speculation, mostly because I'm a huge nerd and I like this stuff. But um, the thought to be that he gets his powers from a black hole, how they suck everything in, and he shoots it out. That's a definite possibility. I, I just think, it's just we haven't seen stuff from him to know. I think that would be very cool if he was able to absorb the powers of yeah. this guy or just take him in and hold him captive in a way. I don't, I'm not sure how yeah. it would work, but it, it may. Um I know nothing about Radiant Black. I didn't read any of the comics. Well, we, there's only so much we know about Radiant Black currently. Uh, yeah, um, obviously. Well, this is this is issue four. Yep, and we you're just on did issue, issue three and four. You're on issue eight right now. Issue eight has come out. I haven't gotten to read it yet. Okay. I gotta go and get it. Today. What have you read up to? Issue seven. I have read issue seven. Okay, then I will not ask anything else because I pardon me wants to read these. So, in episode thirteen, there was a moment where I was showing off the covers and I stopped and threw two on the on the table. I was like, "Those are spoilers." Those were full shots of Marshall in the suit without the helmet, <laughs> and I was just like, "That's a spoiler." One of them looks really fucking cool. Issue seven's cover looks really good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, next like time. That. What? Have you been paying attention? Before that. You took your head. You took your uh. Nathan died. Nathan? And Marshall took the powers. Marshall? Uh Uh-huh. It happens right after the other. He said... Dude, no. You... He... The building collapsed. He goes, he dies. And then you see the black hole come out. And then you see Marshall's hand reach out. You didn't hear any of that? I was focused on pain. Yeah, Marshall is now Radiant Black because Nathan is dead is dead. <laughs> so, that, that sounds very cool. It hurt, I like, it hurts a lot because of how long you spend in issue three kind of getting to know Nathan on like a really emotional level and then now he's dead. I was like, thanks Kyle Higgins. Because he's sucks. not willing to do the killing. He's not, wi- is Marshall a good guy? <laughs> That sounds like a fun story. I need so I will give the preview for issue five. The previews for issue five was literally two pages with no text of Marshall beating the shit out of Red Circle Guy, <laughs> <laughs> who he blames for Nathan's death, his best friend's death. I, still, I like Red Circle Guy. <laughs> just, just I don't think we even have a name for anyone but Radiant Black yet. <laughs> but yeah, we'll come back next episode. We're maybe. We don't know how we're going to do next episode yet. It's going to depend on a couple of things. So either episode 16 or 17, I'll be back with issues 5 and 6. And then we'll be taking a break from Radiant Black because I want to let the content for that build up. But with that, I do believe we need to wrap up. Sounds good. 
I uh, I enjoyed being in here. It's a very nice time. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do more like that again. We're gonna we got some stuff changing up. Uh, for anyone who is ultra worried, don't worry. The 2.0 name isn't sticking around. It was a joke for NXT 2.0 because fuck that redesign. With that being said. If you want more potting content, Pop Striker is back to posting episodes on a semi-regular basis, whatever that regular may be. And <laughs> if you want more content from me directly, I'm at Capsec Young on all platforms. If you want to follow the podcast, it's at Kaiju and Comics on all platforms. You're in here, so you go next. You'll be able to follow me on at, or at Bobby Williams Official on Facebook, Instagram. Kind of post on Twitter. I don't. I don't do Twitter that much. Anyway, um, if you know a place that does live music or does uh, books bands, I have, it's me and my drummer right now. And we're doing pretty, pretty fun, pretty fun time. So, uh, you know, if you want to look me up, hear me a little bit, I'd appreciate it. And if uh, if you like it, give it a follow. Thank you. And Tanner doesn't get a plug because he's behind. Because he glass. doesn't have fucking. He doesn't have shit. Me in the shadows. Nah, he's, he's behind the glass and he doesn't deserve rights. With that being said, I've been your Captain Comics. I'm second. You're in the booth. I'm the tech you. I'm worthless. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. And we're out of here. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>